This, this is the second, second Story Podcast. On this week's Second Story Podcast, Martinique Holler dreams of being one of the cool counselors, but will her cabin full of outcasts drag her down? Martinique has been telling stories all over Chicago for almost 10 years. A proud graduate of Second Story 101, Martinique also holds two master's degrees in English and library science. And currently, she works at Roosevelt University in the heart of downtown. This story, titled They Ride Horses, was performed at Second Story's event at the Underground Wonder Bar in Chicago's Gold Coast on September 29th. The theme of the evening was double-crossing time, stories of trust and betrayal. And now, Second Story presents Martinique Holler. It's the summer of 1999, and three weeks into my camp counselor stint, I'm stuck with the horse girls. I'm not a horse girl. I'm just a regular counselor for the regular kids in the Colorado mountains at Camp Shady Brook. Every two weeks, it's new campers, but there is always a separate cabin of girls known officially as the horse lovers. <laughs> they usually have their own horse-centric counselor that gets them, Hannah, who no one really knows or ever sees. But this week, she is managing the impending birth of a new baby horse. Instead of anything normal for camp, like archery, nighttime pranks, or enthusiasm for capture the flag, these girls ride horses. <laughs> I fasten my overalls, slide dragonfly bobby pins into the unordered hair growing in from shaving my head six months ago, <laughs> tighten my outdoorsy sandals, and load up two milk crates full of clothes to lug over to the horse cabin. The whole reason I got stuck with these losers is because my sister Courtney did a better job of making friends than me, mostly. In the camp counselor social hierarchy, I was already losing. It was partly due to me putting distance between Courtney and I as she soared up the ladder, partly my own insecurity, and who knows why else, but the fact was no one requested me to be their co-counselor that July. So I got whatever and whoever was left, and that was the horse girls. My misfit campers burst into the cabin breathless and excited. They choose their bunks and roll out their sleeping bags, giggling and wound up at seeing each other again. There is a break in their reunion chatter when they learn of the new baby horse, whose timing to them seems to be orchestrated by the gods or the simple magic of camp. They beg me for a trip to the stables. Calm down, kids. We got camp tour. <laughs> I lead them through the camp tour where all the rules are explained seriously but with encouraged shouting and noise-making that immediately distinguishes camp from real life. Before lights out, the girls locate their toothbrushes and retainers and walk to the bathrooms testing the ranges of their flashlights. Once they're all in their bunks, overtired and wired, Carly proudly displays the cover of a book 
from the top bunk in the beam of her flashlight and says, look what I brought. Can we read out loud to each other from chicken soup for the horse lover's soul? <laughs> I roll my eyes in the dark and think you have got to be fucking kidding me. This is a ritual we will repeat every night unless we get sidetracked by their cabin pillow talk, which usually opens with, what would you name your own horse? <laughs> and is followed by something like, I would have one with a copper coat and call her Jumper. Jumper was my first horse and she was shy. And then a collective, aww. <laughs> Every day, I walk them to the stables. The first few days, I leave them there and meet the other counselors on break behind the outpost to betray the horse girls over Nelgene bottles, gossip, and cigarettes. I tell Courtney, my sister, and her co-counselor, Kristen, you guys, one fucking brought chicken soup for the horse lover's soul. It's unbelievable. No, Kristen says. Courtney asks what they do all day. Um, horses? Can we ride the horses, Martinique? Can we brush the horses? Can we go look at the horses? Or what would you name your own horse? Or what's your favorite kind of horse? They mostly sit around and fucking dream up horse names. Christ, we gotta get you out of there, Kristen says. And it's working. I get a lot of mileage trading insider secrets for intimacy. But it's dirty. They're kids. I offer up the worst parts of them. Every cliche, their most intimate nighttime whispers in order to convince myself and everyone else that I am not a horse girl. Early in the two weeks, we're all in the cabin in the middle of the day in order to design our cabin skit for the evening. I suggest safe, unmemorable camp standards, like invisible bench, which they, <laughs> which they turn down in order to invent a play. We hike up to the enormous bonfire where the entire state of Colorado makes a grand backdrop. And when it's our turn, the horse girls take their places. And then they don't perform a play, they just play, pretend. They lose themselves in their fantasy and it threatens to go on indefinitely. I watch the girls playing the sunset, the other campers whispering, and my allegiance is torn. A counselor turns around and says, um, are you going to stop them? Despite having basically sold them out to gain a little street cred a few days earlier, I don't like anyone else laughing at the horse girls. Don't get me wrong, I am humiliated, but they're little girls. I wait for a natural pause and stand up and start clapping. They catch my eyes in surprise and then grin at the clapping crowd before walking back to feel the empty places on the bench beside me. But this role of double agent begins to unnerve me, so I stop going to the outpost while the girls are riding, and sit outside the stables instead and read. Hannah, that counselor that takes care of the horses, starts taking her breaks next to me on the bench. 
we talk about what we're reading. She, Rita Hayworth in The Shawshank Redemption, which she says is better than the movie. Me, Desolation Angels, which I tell her is better than On the Road. She doesn't make much of a splash in the counselor social hierarchy, and it turns out I like, like Hannah. <laughs> She's just there to do a job, like a cowboy. <laughs> and up by the stables, it's very lonesome dove. Hannah's in her bandana and work boots, the necklace a former camper made, giving her that rough cowboy sentimentality that I notice, but don't mention. Every afternoon, she and I peel oranges and talk, kicking the dust off our boots, which really isn't so bad. I realized that 10 odd years ago, Hannah would have been one of the horse girls. We wander over to the railroad tie fence and lean over it to watch the girls riding. We rest our forearms on the wood and the sun at 7,000 feet creates the unmistakable smell of summer skin. Hannah yells that they look good and they sit up straighter while the rest of camp fades into the bright dusty background. They wave at me, one hand still on the saddle horn and yell at me to join them. Ride with us, they yell and then faintly between themselves, you guys, who should she ride? <laughs> Molly wants to suggest because Molly is so sweet. And I kind of want to. I want what they have together on the backs of the horses, I, but I don't ride. But I do step up one railroad tie and wave back. We go back to the cabin and I notice their hair has been whipped into ferocious tangles by riding which I undo one at a time and braid. That evening, the all-camp game is Pony Express. It lasts from dinner to dark and is as consuming and important as capture the flag, but involves delivering and intercepting messages. Counselors and campers play this game to complete exhaustion and retell the stories all week and again next summer. I gather the horse girls up in the fading evening sunlight outside our cabin. They stand with their hair in braids and their legs sticking out of flowered shorts and jean cutoffs. Their utterly unremarkable style evokes not shame. It's something a little badass. The dust on their faces, the flyaways from their braids, the new tie-dyed camp t-shirts become their lassos, their chaps. These girls are cowboys. They make no apologies, and I love them a little for it. This is our rodeo. This is my rodeo, and I want us to win Pony Express just because we can. I summon every underdog sports movie I've ever seen and channel the locker room speech which I prepare to deliver. I see each one as G.I. Jane shaving her head on her only break from SEAL training. The Dillon Panthers cheer cheering clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. 
And I begin, no one sees us as competition. We're going to use that. You have been coming to Camp Shady Brook since before you could read, so you know the shortcuts. You're not bringing anything with you except water. And when other teams see us running around, we're going to slow down and fake them out, and we're not going to do this half-assed. <laughs> we will be running all night. There will be no breaks, so hydrate now. If this isn't okay with you, you can take yourself down by the river and read because nothing is going to slow us down. They check in by way of slowly scanning each other's eyes. Carly, the natural leader, nods, grins. Okay. They huddle up, knees in the sand, and earnestly discuss every helpful bit of intel. They say things like, okay, you guys know that there's this shortcut behind where we do low ropes? Yeah, okay, that is the best way to get from Wolf Lodge to anything at base camp. They're ready. The game begins. We get our first message at Outpost, decode it, and sprint to Pike's Peak. Then to the climbing wall, where we hear chaos erupt from the direction of the waterfront. So the girls lead me behind the shortcut to the low ropes, Scratched in the thick brush, but emerge unseen. With every message delivered, I shed my old loyalties and run, sweating and panting behind them. Later in the game, we're dashing towards the waterfront and overtake a cabin of older boys and steal their message and move that leaves them stuttering and speechless in our dust. We're dirty, we're fighting, we're up and all my careful braids are in disrepair. The camp bell rings. All the campers are lined up outside the mess hall. The flashlights and lanterns break up the dark of the mountains surrounding camp and it seems like the entire world is right here. There are at least 150 sweaty kids, 50 counselors, the kids whisper from line to line, how many messages did you guys deliver? Whole cabins are already creating legends based on what's happened tonight. The winners of this year's Pony Express. The chatter stops. In first place with 21 messages successfully delivered, the horse lovers. My girls are about to leap in the air, but they freeze as the whole camp goes quiet and turns. Everyone glares like we stole something from them. I realize that because we won, it's like nobody won. Hannah catches my eye from across the crowd. She's dusty from the stables. <laughs> She starts clapping. I join her and then my girls do. They grab each other's hands and jump up and down, squealing, their eyes widen and they say to each other over and over, can you believe it? Us! I'm sweaty and scratched. My face is smeared with camp dust. I'm thirsty. I'm proud. My sister and Kristen walk away from their cabin of half-heartedly clapping campers to say, sorry about these two weeks. We can share a cabin next time if you want. I shrug and turn back to my girls. 
we only have a few nights left together and that baby horse was born this morning. I say, come on girls, you wanna go check on that new horse? We walk off toward the stables and I ask, what do you think they're gonna name her? That was Martinique Pollard. If her story gives you ideas for your own second story, we'd love to hear them. Join us on October 21st and 22nd, this coming Sunday and Monday, at Brasserie 54 in Andersonville. Or join us on October 27th at the Underground Wonder Bar in Chicago's Gold Coast. Martinique is a graduate of Second Story 101, one of many courses Second Story offers to our fans. For more information about education, upcoming events, or how to become involved with Second Story, visit us at secondstory.com. That's 2ndstory.com. This Second Story podcast was brought to you by Amanda Delheimer Diamond, Bobby Budrisky, C.P. Chang, Trissa Hoditz, Eric Hazen, Danielle Ezel, Sherry Pentamone, and myself. I'm Ozzie Totten, and this is Second Story. Thanks for listening.